Hello, everyone. Welcome to Speak Brave Podcast with your host, Mark Guy. Of course, I have a special guest here today and a new guest, a new friend, a co-working member is Lisa Welsh. Please welcome Lisa to the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for coming and sharing part of your journey and who you are. Lisa, could you tell us who you are and what do you got going on in your life right now? Well, my name is Lisa Welsh. I just launched a business a few months ago called Vitality Farms Company. Um, and what we do is we are urban farmers that grow microgreens. Hmm. Urban farmers that grow microgreens. Right. Okay. Our goal is to change the way consumers eat their vegetables. Okay. Wow. Do you think it's probably... <laughs> okay. I think it's a lofty goal. It is um, a lofty goal. It is a lofty goal. I mean, every time it's like, okay, I'm going to change the way consumers uh, eat their vegetables. Like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm I'm a child again. I got to eat my vegetables. <laughs> That's the way I think a lot of people feel about eating their vegetables. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people prescribe to the old methodology with vegetables. And I think um, trying some new things might encourage other people to consume vegetables in a different way than they're used to consuming it currently. So what are those new ways that you have been dying to tell us and share? Well, um, we grow microgreens. So microgreens are about two-inch plants. So they're vegetables that are harvested at the first caledal stage. So what that means is they have their first set of leaves. Mm -hmm. You harvest them, and then you eat them. Now, they have four to 40 times more nutrition than their adult counterparts. So, like, if you eat a head of broccoli, right? Broccoli is an easy one because everyone sees this big mound of broccoli. Um, So, at day seven, a broccoli, two inches tall, has all the nutrients it's ever going to have when it's as big as it sits on your plate, you know? Wow. So, when you eat it at that stage, you literally have to eat, um, you have to eat two to four heads of broccoli to compete with one handful of microgreens. Mm. So, consider how much more nutrient you can get in that. And broccoli is also my favorite microgreen. Um, because it's the second most nutritious microgreen. Mm -hmm. And the other great thing about it is broccoli has great immunity immunity boosting abilities Mm -hmm. that a lot of other microgreens don't have. Mm -hmm. So, again, a handful can change everything. You don't have to eat that, um, I'm going to say, that boiled broccoli, you know what I mean? Like that that squishy broccoli that happens sometimes. <laughs> I love how you say how how it happens. Like like you almost like feel like apologizing for the broccoli. Are you apologizing for the broccoli industry? I'm apologizing for the broccoli industry. Okay. I love the broccoli industry. Right. I just think that um, personally, I'm one of those people. I buy broccoli mm-hmm. and other vegetables, and then they turn yellow and smushy and slimy in my vegetable crisper, yeah. and then I must throw them away. Yeah. And then I think, boy, when I went to the grocery store, I had an expectation or I had given my family an expectation that I was going to deliver them something nutritious. Mm-hmm. And the nutritious element just went into the trash. So I wanted to come up with a different way to give my family the nutritious elements without throwing it in the trash. Mm. So what is what was that one thing that moved you to actually do this business? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who do hobbies, right? You know, this is my leisure time. This is a hobby. This is your business. Why? Yeah. What moved you to that place? My husband 
didn't move me. He just directed me to this place. <laughs> so my husband is a serial entrepreneur. I've never seen anybody go into almost any situation and figure out how to make a business out of it. Um, so we did some research and found out that microgreens are the most profitable legal crop you can grow. And he said, I'm going to build you a grow room. You're going to grow these vegetables and you're going to sell them. And I said, okay. And then there's the business. Right. So what are some of the things that you, that you see as a challenge for your success? One of the things, the first things that I had to overcome was my ability to grow anything. I kill cactus. I kill succulents. I kill any vegetable or anything I've ever tried to grow in my life. Um, so really it was an inside issue that I had where I thought I wasn't capable of doing something. Um, so I really had to push my previous judgment of myself aside and I had to just say, I can follow these directions. This is what they say. This is what I need to do. And once I started doing that, I started seeing I was getting great crops. Things were going. Everything was, you know, looking amazing. So I started to gain the confidence in myself. So some of my biggest challenges was my internal beliefs about what I was capable of doing. Hmm. Okay. So would you say that it's a, some kind of belief that may have gotten in the way, maybe a story that was not true? Yeah. Holding you back? Yeah, I think I... There's a lot of things I don't think I'm good at, but it's based on nothing tangible. Like, it's a false belief. My husband calls it, it's fear. False evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. It's all the lies that somehow, I don't even know how they got in my mind, but exist to let me know that I can't do something or I won't be great at it. And it's based on nothing. There's, there's nothing that predates it. I just assume it to be true. So I've been trying for the last six months or last year to do all the things that scare me. Like so what? I've done, I learned how to quilt. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know how to turn my sewing machine on four weeks ago or six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. My church had a sewing group. I joined it. Now I sew. Okay. Um, I recorded a podcast. I don't even know how to do a podcast, but I'm learning and I'm, I'm here for it and I'm going to keep learning. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot like the growing of the business, the confidence to keep digging deeper to finding more. Um, just different experiences like that have just challenged me to continue to grow mm -hmm. um, out of my comfort zone. I love that. Um, in our pre-interview conversation, Lisa, we have talked about a mutual event we attended, which was PodFest in Orlando a few days ago. And you made, I feel, very insightful observation about interaction between exhibitors, attendees, and you were commenting on the quality of your experience. The reason I think you have such a good insight is because you yourself uh, attend farmer's markets, right? You, right. You, and can you tell us where that farmer's market is and what makes someone successful? Uh, what kind of skills you need to have to interact with prospects, with your clients? Talk about well, that. I think... I um, currently am at Lakeland Downtown Farmer's Market, but mm -hmm. currently with the coronavirus, that's not taking place for the next month, but hopefully we'll be back. But I believe that if you look at business in general, and we say we're all selling widgets, right? Which was kind of a pod fest. You know, the, we went into an exhibit hall and there were all these people selling hosting services, mm -hmm. for example. That was my biggest thing. So I walked around and I went up to each one and I said, look, 
I'm going to start a podcast. I don't have a company I'm going to use yet. Sell, sell, sell me you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of the companies were like, well, I don't have time for that. One of the companies did take the time and spent a long time explaining to me, oh, well, you're new, you want to try this, use these resources, and was very informative. That's the company I'm going to go with. I feel like people can get the same product all the time from other people. But what they're buying is you. They're buying the authenticate the authenticity of whatever that word is, of you. That's what you're buying. So when people buy my vegetables, right, other people can grow microgreens. It's not something that I've patented. It's not anything unique. But what you're buying is the relationship with me, my knowledge about what I'm growing, what I'm going to do for you, some of the products I'm developing just for my customers because that's what they're asking me for. So I feel like sometimes we can do relationships based on the people and not necessarily the items. I think it's true. Um, There's this sense of, what people offer is a commodity, right. right? So there's commodity you can buy it in this corner, you can order it online, or you can do this. What makes you stand out as a business enterprise? Like what makes you stand out, right? So is that a service? Is that investment in a relationship? Investment into understanding your clients' true problems and solving them better than anybody else? Uh, and caring, perhaps? I mean, all those things, right? Yeah, so, I think it's a combination of all those things. Like, me, I truly care about the customer. We mm-hmm. had a lady come through the farmer's market about a month ago, and she was sick. She said she had cancer. And microgreens are filled with nutrients. So, above and beyond the sale, like, she bought some microgreens, and that was great. But I went behind, and I had developed, I've been working on this dehydrated process, um, special for microgreens that keeps the nutritional value that's not really done. So I've been perfecting it. But I went and even though it wasn't ready for, I wasn't trying to sell it, I literally went over there and I gave her a whole thing of microgreens and said, look, just take this and just give me a review and let me know your feedback because I prefer somebody who could benefit from this nutritional content gets Mm -hmm. it than somebody who doesn't care that they're eating something healthy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about caring about your customers. I think it's knowing what people need and then, of course, with my product, I have to educate customers because you don't know that microgreens are healthier than broccoli, right? Like, you're just, like, happy with your broccoli. <laughs> well, I personally, I don't think I'm happy with my broccoli. I will eat it, <laughs> and I think we are experiencing unprecedented time right now right? right? In, in the world. Um, health is, is at, it's at the top of everyone's mind. And you and I, we had this conversation outside of podcast. Um uh, how do you protect yourself generally, right? And you protect yourself by eating superfoods, right? right? Those immune-boosting things. And I feel like this crisis that we're in right now, unfortunately, brings that up like top of mind. What can we do now from this day forward for the rest of our lives to make sure that we have good nutrition? Well, I think it's kind of... I think it's kind of simple. Like, here's the thing. Like, we go to the market and we buy our vegetables, Right? And vegetables, as we know, are huge in the food. Even if you consider the, the nutritional food pyramid, the old school thought, everyone thinks about the food pyramid. But what people don't realize is that food has been shipped from California, like halfway across the country. It's traveled for like a week. Now it's on public shelf. And there's not a lot of nutrition left in it. It's not to say there's anything wrong with eating vegetables the way we currently do. 
But what if I told you that for a few dollars, I can sell you a kit, right? It's a little container. You put it on a windowsill. You add a little water. You sprinkle these seeds. And in less than seven days, you will have enough vegetables to eat an entire week's ration of vegetables. Hmm. Cost you $6. And you grow it at home. You don't have to go anywhere. And it's alive, so when you cut it and you eat it, it's got all the nutrients, and you can feel it. You can, I mean, you can feel the flavor. It's that robust. So I feel like if you can start to think about, well, maybe how you were doing things maybe isn't always the best, and there's always ways to improve our lives. Mm-hmm. So I think it's looking at that. Um, there's a lot of superfoods out there. There's a lot of claims that everything can make you better. Everything is great. I like the fact that we grow vegetables, microgreen vegetables, is because people do know what vegetables are. Mm-hmm. They know that they're good for them. They know they're supposed to eat them. A lot of times what people don't realize is when they go to high-end restaurants, mm-hmm. you, they'll throw some microgreens on top of your steak. But you don't get a large portion of vegetables with your dinner. Do you know why? Because they've already given you your vegetables with your little piece of garnish, basically, as people think it is, on top of your steak. Mm. So there's a lot that could be learned. I think it's just an educational component. This is very interesting, I feel. (laughs) Um, I feel that we learn. And one of the purposes of this podcast is to connect people who don't necessarily talk to each other, who we don't see in everyday life. So that's my contribution to the listener. Lisa, would you tell me, please, what is your biggest failure? I have many failures in life. I think most of us do, um, ones we don't necessarily publicize. But nonetheless, I think my biggest failures are probably my failure to believe in myself. I think that has been the real secret behind all of them. Like, it may be that I I failed at something in school or something like that. Like, I dropped out of college and, and I did things like that. I went back and got an MBA. So, like, I feel like my failures were are literally all the times I stopped believing in myself. I thought I couldn't be successful at something. I thought it wasn't going to work out that way. Like, I thought that I was going to lose my house. The reality is always very different for me. Like, the reality was I got a a master's degree. The reality is I got a free house. The reality is I have a business. Like, you know, so the failure is I lost a job. The reality is I started my own business. So, I mean, I feel like... All the time, my biggest hurdle is not believing that I will overcome it. And that's really the word I hold on to is like, I will overcome anything that's thrown at me. Because history has shown me that anytime something hard has come my way, I have not only overcome it, but I've excelled into something that catapulted me much better than I would have anticipated. So, just let me understand. Somebody's listening right now and they can relate. Relate in the sense that they don't believe in themselves, not their entire skill set, but something. Right. Something is lacking. Maybe it's a business, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a self growth issue. What would you tell that person, like from the depth of your experience? Well, I've gone to pretty, what I would consider low lows, um, but I've had extreme highs. I would say that. You know, what we have to do is we have to know that we are capable of doing anything that we put our minds to. We 
aren't necessarily able to get a free house like I did. That was still amazing to me to this day. But I feel like as long as we don't quit, as long as we keep continuing to do the right thing, um, we get these opportunities that change everything. You know, because a bad situation isn't doesn't always stay bad. It gets better. Sometimes it gets a little worse and then it gets better. But I've never been in a bad situation that just never got better. I've always been in one that has continually improved. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time. I moved to Florida six years ago with two suitcases, a son, and a dog. I had nothing else. Today I own three houses. I have still that kid. He's still around. Um, still have the dog. I have another dog, too. Um, but I feel like no matter what you think is going to happen, as long as you're willing to work hard and willing to put yourself out there to accept help from people, um, to be honest, I think you find the world is a pretty cool place that gives back to you. Like, I know um, people always ask me, how did my son do well? He's trying to go to MIT. And I tell him, it's not me. I didn't raise my son. I may have been his primary parent or his only parent. My son was raised by a tribe of people. People who would literally drop off his backpack full of school supplies. People or my friends who would pay for his birthday, his whole birthday party. I mean, I had people throughout my life at various points, still today, who don't ask me how can they help me. They just do something in this world that that has an impact that gives me the hope to know that I can keep going forward and it, and it has always worked its way out. So I would tell, tell anyone who's struggling that you can continue to work and it's going to be a blessing. So if I understand you, if I heard this right, Lisa, don't give up. Don't give up. If it is a challenge, perhaps what can you learn from it, right? What What's on the other side? Don't give up. Would that be accurate? That, yeah. That's your message? It would definitely be don't give up because there were times when I wanted to give up. Many times I wanted to give up. Many times I thought about, you know, calling it quits and just being done with this world, done with this life. But... In those moments, I realized that people needed me, that I could be a light. I realized that all the things I went through was for a purpose. Like, there was a reason why we were poor and had to go get the food box pantry from the food pantry all the time. And there was a reason why we were able to overcome that. And then there was a reason why, you know, I would lose a job or I would gain a job or all those things happened for a reason to make me who I am. And even today with all the things I've overcome... I'm grateful for every single one of them, even the ones that are shameful or that, you know, you're scared to admit because those things made me who I am. And I feel my opinion of myself is that I'm a good person. I have a lot to offer this world. I'm kind, I'm generous. So I'm willing to accept what had to happen to make me who I am. It's a journey. It's a journey. Life is a hard journey sometimes. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing this. Uh, Lisa, could you share with us what's next for you? Well, currently we have the coronavirus going on, which is causing some changes in our business. Again, we are vegetable farmers, so how do you grow vegetables when you have an issue with uh, people of more than 10 congregating? So what we're doing is we're working on um, growing kits, 
which we already had, but we're trying to make them more available to people who need them, teaching them that they can grow these themselves. So we're working on that component. We're also working on, um, I said we were talking about a dehydration process. So we have a special process, it's called the cold raw process, where you dehydrate something at such a minor temperature that it actually contains it retains all of its nutritional value, mm. which is something that most places don't do. You know, you get those um, banana chips and they crunch yeah, because they've yeah, been... Yeah. But you've cooked... So even when you eat dehydrated products, a lot of times you've cooked the nutrients out of it. So it's like this, you know, concept that I'm eating healthy, but really there's not much nutrients left. So with our process, it's a little bit different. It doesn't have the same longevity of shelf stability. So it's only good for like six months, I would say. Mm -hmm. But what we do is we, we dehydrate that way, and we're working on a tea. We're working on um, a powder form. So people can just is it vegetable tea? It's a broccoli tea. I, I, I think I heard everything now. <laughs> <laughs> broccoli tea? Broccoli tea. I'm sure it's... it's okay, is there a way for me to try it? Yes. Uh, for, 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 for people to try it? There, um, I don't have it out for sale yet. I'm currently in the stages of... I actually have it ready, but I'm doing te testing for taste. So I'm giving it to people right now to have them give me feedback on the taste. So if there's somebody out there who's like a, a tea connoisseur, by all means, let me know. I'll send you a sample and you can give me feedback. That's the only requirement. And then once I have the flavor profile down pat, um, I plan to launch that product And then I'm hoping that we can ship it, and that way people can get broccoli tea. I'm sure there's other flavors. No. Oh, just just, just just broccoli. Okay. Broccoli is going to be the only main ingredient. Now, a lot of the flavors could go with the tea, but I'm only going to focus on broccoli because broccoli is the second most nutritious microgreen there is. Mm -hmm. So because broccoli has so many great components, I feel like it's a perfect fit for a tea. Mm. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to try it. <laughs> Just so I can uh, satisfy this curiosity of broccoli tea. Thank you, Lisa. So what is the best way for listeners to get in touch with you so they can support you and be part of your success? Well, our company's name is Vitality Farms Company. You can find us on our website, which is um, www.vitalityfarmscompany.com. You can find us on Facebook under Vitality Farms Company, of course. Also Instagram. Um, that's how you can reach us. You can also find us, if you're in Lakeland, you can find us at the local downtown farmer's market every Saturday as soon as we reopen from the virus. And then um, hopefully you can find us online. Okay. That's And I will publish the links to your Instagram, Facebook, and to your website in the show notes so people can easily find you. That would be appreciated. Oh, and we also have a podcast we just launched. It's uh, not nearly as professional as yours is, Mark. Um, again, it's one of those things I'm scared to do, so I'm learning. Um, but we have a podcast called Microgreens for Growers and Consumers. Microgreens for Growers and Consumers. Right, so we're trying to teach people how to grow it and people how to consume it. A lot of people are intimidated by a product they're not quite sure what to yeah. do with. So yeah. we're trying to help them by creating a space where they can listen to recipes or different things about microgreens. And how to, right? And how to. And then, to. of course, the component for farmers to so they can grow that crop or individual people who just want to grow it on their windowsills, like I said before. Yeah. I love it. 
I feel so empowered now and I'm very um, curious about the broccoli tea. <laughs> uh, I would like to be part of the test group. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for coming. It's thank been you a for pleasure. It's been interesting to learn and I feel that everyone will benefit from this and hopefully they'll become your loyal customers from broccoli tea. Yes, I support that. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for investing your time. Uh, learning with Lisa and myself. No matter where you find yourself in life, I hope you find the courage to stand up, speak up for yourself and for others. Don't forget to speak brave. I will see you and I will connect with you next time. Thank you. Thank you.